Happy Tuesday, everyone. This is Rob. I am back with episode number 284 of Shut Up and Grind. We are staring down 300. It's going to be here before we know it. So if you are brand new to the show, we're all about overcoming obstacles. We're about defying the odds and helping you clear the path to whatever is stopping you from having the success that you want to have. So I bring you guests from all over the globe, six of the seven continents. At some point, I'm going to find somebody in Antarctica with a Wi-Fi signal, and I'm going to interview them too. It's coming. So today, we're going to be talking about how to get back up when life knocks you down. So for those of you who are following the show, you know I recently got knocked down by life in February. And just yesterday, we finalized the details to get back into the gym, get back training again, training my my fitness clients, and everything is starting to come full circle. So today's message, I'm actually living it, right? So it's not like we're putting on on the show. And my guest has gone through her share of struggles as well. I'll, I see her in the bag getting that hair right. right? I see her getting the hair all puppy back there. See, they can't see you, but I can. <laughs> so welcome Kim Young to the show. <laughs> that was just, that was not expecting that. Well, yes, you got to make sure the hair looks right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just looked, I looked down at the box and I saw you puffing it up. I had to call it out. I had to. <laughs> Where are you joining me from? I am in Jacksonville, Florida. Jacksonville. We just did a race there. 2021? 2022. Yeah. So last year we did a we did a Spartan race down there in Jacksonville. Me and my uh my fitness crew. Good stuff right here. Let me just get a, the live stream up on my phone. All right. I will tell you that racing is like a big deal here in Jacksonville. Everybody mm. races, or they yep. go to Orlando and they race, or they Everybody mm. races. I know I don't, but everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> You're not about that race life? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm about the gym life, not the race life. But Okay, okay. I, I can respect that as well. Yeah. You know, of course, being a being a fitness coach. Um, are you originally from Jacksonville? No, actually, I'm not. I lived in, before this, I was in Fort Lauderdale. Before that, I was in Jamaica. Oh, okay. So what, what brought you to, to the U.S. from Jamaica? Opportunity. You know, as a kid, they they tell you, you know, you're going to get a lot of opportunity coming, growing up in the in the U.S. And um, it's the land of the free and the land of opportunity. So that was like a big thing here or a big thing for my family, at least, was they yeah. wanted me to make sure I had more than enough opportunity to flourish into the woman that I should be, um, mm -hmm. or at least the ones that they the one that they saw that I was going to be. So yeah. move awesome. from there when I was like in ninth grade. I'm sorry, wait, eighth grade. Eighth, eighth grade. grade. Okay. Yeah. So. How was that that adjustment for you? It was rough, right? Because it's a completely different culture, completely different lifestyle. Um, it's not as warm, I guess you would say, like culturally warm, mm. where it's like, you know, your neighbors and, you know, you're, you're, you've grown up with like people down the street and, you know, different things. So it's it's just different. But it was rough in the beginning and eventually it's like you just get yourself active and get acclimated with with where you are with meeting people with knowing who they are um and just kind of go from there okay so so what opportunities were your parents seeking that they weren't finding in jamaica education wise now okay. let me not say so education wise it's it's you know in jamaica it's great but here for them they just were more concerned about getting me into more programs that were available for um for saying you know if i wanted to do an internship somewhere if i wanted to do you know it, it was it was endless possibility of the things that, that that you can do here 
So for us, it was like education-wise and more, more more internships and things of that that nature to get yourself surrounded by the people of whatever field that they wanted me to go into. Okay, say, so, and uh, I'm asking you these questions because I interviewed someone from who same thing came here from Jamaica. Uh, I interviewed them a year ago, and they said mm-hmm. almost word for word what you just said. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because like I like to get people's different perspectives because like you know even being here there are some people who will tell you that this country is great there's other people who will tell you this country is not not so great you know so i just wanted to, wanted to see where your story aligned with with hers and it's almost almost word for word with the education the opportunities and you know like, yeah yeah, yeah. It's awesome. i sit in the middle i sit in the middle of yeah this is the greatest place to be and then i sit in the other side where it's like eh, is it really that great so i sit in the middle yeah. <laughs> you know growing up as a kid you really have that choice that kind of tells you well this is where you're gonna be this is what yeah. we see for you true um, true so so what do you do what do you do now for a career so i actually work in compliance as an operational and testing analyst um, so just call it the back office of a bank. <laughs> okay. <laughs> back office of a bank. Making sure that there aren't any regulatory, um, any regulatory issues or anything happening behind the scenes that we can be sanctioned or fined for. Okay. All right. So what led you into that field? Oh, by accident. And that's actually a really good story. So I actually fell into that field on accident. Um, okay. I don't know anybody that goes to school and says, hey, I want to go work in compliance and operational testing. <laughs> nobody. That's why I asked. <laughs> Said nobody ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so what happened is I worked in the legal field. I started out working at a law firm, at a boutique law firm. And from there, they just needed some way to work with one of the toughest bosses ever. Um, mm. At that time, he was one of the most, most difficult people to work with. And me being who I am, I can pretty much gel with almost anybody. I was able to work with him um, and just kind of learn the tricks of the trade of compliance and then eventually go into operational testing and kind of go from there. Okay. And what was the journey like to get there? So um, let's see. I worked as, at one law firm, just regular foreclosure law firm, went into the, that, that boutique law firm. And that boutique law firm was foreclosure as well, but then it started to sprout and to do other things where they did, um, you know, real estate, they did, still did foreclosures, they still did, you know, pretty much everything. And then compliance was there where they said, hey, we need someone to work in compliance. And at the time, I was like, well, what's even compliance? Like, I don't even know what that is. And then eventually I found out, oh, okay, we're basically just making sure we don't get sanctioned and fined. And then we're on the flip side of that. It is we're providing whoever our vendors are or whoever whoever we want to contract with, we're providing them with enough information to make sure that they are they are who they say they are and that we are who we say we are um, on the flip side. So Okay. All right. Yeah. So so let, let's talk about struggles. So what's sure. what's something something that, that you've gone through? I mean, like I've read your bio and so you said you got some some stuff, so talk me through it. Yeah, so prior to actually getting my life together, <laughs> I would like to tell people I was a hot mess express. I mean, you name it, and it's pretty much has happened to me. I went ahead and I had my first daughter when I was like 19 years old. At that time, it was deemed like one of the worst things, you know, ever by, by, by Jamaican standards. It's like, oh, my God, you went out and you had a kid. You didn't even finish school, blah, blah, blah. 
Um, and then from there, it just kind of spiraled down, right? I went from, I was homeless at one point, sleeping in my car for quite a few nights, um, or sleeping in people's couches or just different things along those lines. Um, I have gone ahead. Are you grabbing a drink there? <laughs> no, I'm getting a towel. Oh. It's hot in my office. <laughs> oh, I thought you were grabbing a drink prior to me. Okay. No, no. <laughs> okay. The sweat's um. pouring down my face. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So um, I was fired for, um, from over 2,000, or not 2,000, but two dozen different jobs. Just couldn't hold a job just to save my life. Um, there were days and nights that my life were disconnected on more than one occasion just because I couldn't maintain a job. And mm. I think the most tragic or most heartbreaking thing for me, or one of the most heartbreaking things is that, you know, there were days that I had to send my kids to school just to have a meal because there was really nothing in my house. I've been pending eviction more than enough times and that I can even count. Um, and just, just the way that I was like raising my kids during that period was just like, you know, really cringy now. Um, and it was, struggle was just, was, was all too normal for me for maybe six years of my life. See, and that, that right there is one of the most powerful things that you just shared was that very last sentence is that struggle became your, your normal, you know, mm -hmm. like in dealing with people, even in the fitness world. You know, like people get stuck in these in these ruts and then they're used to the rut. And then so like trying to help them talk their way through it and get themselves so the, out of it. They're so afraid because they're used to struggling. You know, it, right. it just became their, their normal. So how did you get yourself out of that? Well, funny story. I actually met my neighbor. <laughs> and so it's funny because and so again, remember this goes back to like culturally, you know, you're in Jamaica, you know, everybody you get here, yep. you really don't know anybody. Mm -hmm. So my neighbor, uh, one of the apartments I was living in and I was pending eviction for my neighbor, he actually, I see him home every day. And I think it's like the weirdest thing that I see him home every day. He's home with his dog and he walks his dog like three times a day. And just one day I just happened to say, Hey, um, I live right behind you. You know, I just kind of start strike up a conversation with him. And then he starts telling me that he was a project manager prior to, um, and now he's retired, divorced, and you know he starts telling me his whole entire life. And I start thinking, huh, I wonder what that would be like to be a project manager. What would that be like to live a different life, mm -hmm. right? What would that be like if I didn't struggle? You know, this man doesn't know anything. He just <laughs> he just knows that he sees me coming and going with kids. He doesn't know anything else. Yeah, but I it. At that moment, it kind of really struck something in me to make me start thinking. Um, and while I had those thoughts in the back of my mind, I don't think I really necessarily acted until just one night I just woke up out of my sleep and I was just burdened by all the things that were weighing heavy on me. Yes. I was just weighed down. It was unreal. Like I said, pending eviction, lights constantly off, no food in my house, you know barely making ends meet. It was just absolutely insane. And I've said, this is just not the life that I intended for myself at all. There is no way. Right. And, you know, as a kid, we all dream about being a certain, you know, having our dreams and being, you know, mm -hmm. maybe a singer, a songwriter, a dancer, or this or that, whatever it is, a carpenter, whatever it is. But for me, it's like almost in that moment, I just knew this was just not the life I had. I prayed I cried out to God because I said, this is just absolutely insane. And so that night, 
right? I made a plan and I worked that plan. Mm. So take me through that, that, the planning process. So I couldn't sleep after that, right? So the planning process was, okay, what can I do to get myself out of where I am right now? And by this time I was pregnant with my third daughter. Mm -hmm. So I said, okay, what can I do to get myself out? How can I get around um, where I am? First thing was income. Yeah. What can I do? What skills do I have? How can I get it? I signed up for an agency, a couple agencies, and I started to temp there, you know, right. just temporary assignments or whatever the case may be. Um, I would, I've taken the bus, I've hitched a ride, I've done it all to get to where I have to be. I've walked to daycares, walked back from daycares, whatever it was. And at one point, that same neighbor, he'd be like, oh, I can take you and pick you up, you know, if you'd like, because he saw I was pregnant. And I was like, okay, thanks. And so, you know, I, I would hitch rides. <laughs> and so first thing was income. Then it, then it went into, okay, what do I need to go back to school for? Now, at the time, it was school, 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 you know, hop into school, what can you do? Um, and possibly have to take out student loans. And for me, I knew that because I was on such a accelerated pace, I didn't want to necessarily go to like a traditional college. I knew that I wanted to get into one of these schools and get a student loan, which I, you know, said I would, and just go at the accelerated pace because, right, momentum is everything. Yes. So I went ahead, I hopped into school. I said, you know, I wonder what that's like if I went for project management and looked into that field. How is it? What is it? You know, what does it do? What does it not do? Um, and then went from there. I hopped into school, found a stable, stable job, um, not necessarily with the agencies, because the agencies at the time, it's like, well, you know, they're paying you four or five dollars less than what they're initially making. Well, let me go out there and let me get what I need to go get. Um, yeah. Had a couple friends that gave me great tips on how to find jobs and we did my resume in some cases and got, got landed into that job, into that wonderful job that I was telling you about, the very first one. Mm. And then school, work, um, kids, took income tax and bought a car, a little putt-putt to take me to and from. I swear the AC was out in that car more than I can even account for, <laughs> but what does it really matter? I had bigger dreams and bigger things that I was going for. Um, and so from there, I just kept escalating every single year, just kept writing goals, just kept doing things for, I, I'd like to say, like maybe the, the past nine years or so, if not less, if, if not more, that I just really went on trajectory. It actually is more. But, it, but I went on that real trajectory of getting to where I wanted to be. See, and I'm going to summarize everything that you just said with one word, <laughs> action. You know, like yeah. I always tell tell people when when you're in a rut, action matters. You know, it's like people swirl around in not trying to downplay depression and anxiety. I know it's a real thing, but I think a lot of people stay in those states from lack of action. You know, like if you're depressed about your body image, but you're not eating right and working out, <laughs> you know, your your body image isn't going to change any. You know, so like if you're worried about finances, but you won't humble yourself. And it's like, what? because I went through something very similar to, to what you went through. They said just this past February, you know, like life, mm. life hit me hard right across the face. And, you know, I, I went, I went to a dark place for a minute there because this was all new. Like I've never, I've never had to de depend on, on anyone else for, for help before, you know? So this was all new, but asking for help is, 
is a big, big step, especially in men, because in society, men can't struggle. Men, men, men can't show emotion. Like we got to be strong all, all the time. So having the courage to actually ask for help, it was it was huge. And like I've had people messaging me on the side, you know, you know saying thank you for saying that about men, you know, because a lot, you know, men have the highest rate rate of suicide, you know, because again, in, in life, like you, you can't be, you can't talk about your problems, like you can't talk about struggling or, you know, not having your finances right or just whatever it is. But the thing is, is that everybody struggles at some point, just some people are better at hiding it. Correct. That's absolutely correct. And so to kind of back up your point, what I always like to tell everyone and all the people, the women that I've mentored in the past, I always like to say, hey, it's ace. You got to be ace. Action cures everything. Mm. Get in, get into action. Whatever it is, just get into action and you'll see things just, you know, start slowly but surely start to unfold and trickle into where you're, you're wanting to head, I should say. So, yeah. Yeah, because like one line I always use, I always say, when you're in the fire, you can't see the fire. Mm. You know, and that's where most people stay in that state, like they're in the fire. Then you talk to someone who's outside of the fire and then they can tell you what's what's going on there. Like and then, you know, to your point, when you're taking action, you start to see the things that you want. Right. So I ended up like because I lost everything, literally everything, car, house, like I lost everything. And so I ended up getting a moped you know just so i can get mobile like i was right riding my my bike places you know to uh to get to whip where i needed to go it's like all right i said let me at least get get a moped something fit for now so i can get more mobile and as i was heading to, to the gym to do my own workout i passed by another another facility and i, I was like i didn't know they had a location down here and so i signed up for their free free trial started talking with the owner and as of yesterday like i mentioned in my intro we're going to be collaborating i'm going to i'm going to help him ma manage his two locations <laughs> you know and and i'm going to implement my own my own programs in there as well and all all from driving by like if i hadn't noticed that sign <laughs> as i was riding by and then had the courage to just go in and just talk just like how that conversation with your neighbor sparked everything for you like that one conversation sparked everything like i can sit here and wallow in misery and blame my former business partner all this like none of that stuff matters what happened happened you know and and it's behind me so i have to make sure what's in front of me i gotta put everything in a row so what's in front of me is so solid that that will never happen again right exactly exactly you can't like I said, the, like you said, the rest of it just is, you know, bridge on our water. We're not going to, you know, go back, go back. We're going to learn how to move forward and figure out what is that path look like and how to chart it to get yeah, to where you want to be. So. Yeah. And when I first got back here, I, I started getting into um, consulting. You know, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go into, into consulting and and all that. But but the more I got into it, I'm like, I don't want to do this. It's like, it, yeah, it can be lucrative, but it's like, uh, it, you know, I wasn't passionate about it. Like I'm passionate about fitness. I'm passionate about speaking and doing my podcast. It's like those things I, I enjoy doing, you know, it's like, a, like, I, I don't ever look at the clock and say, Oh, I have a guest at two o'clock. Right. That, that never happens. It's like, I love doing this. I love meeting, meeting new, new people, you know, again i've spoken to people all over the world and that's the stuff that that moves me like 
consulting, I, I, I can do it. I'm good at it, but that, that's not my jam. You know, and I, I think, too, a lot of people stay in those states of struggle because they do things because they're, they're making money, but they don't really want to be doing what they're doing. Correct. And that's actually one of the things that I teach in our mentor women on. And I say, hey, listen, what is it that makes your tummy tingle? All right. Like, what is that? What gives you that warm, fuzzy feeling? Yep. Like, what is it that that like excites you? And for you, you literally just said your fat, your fitness, your podcasting and your speaking. So yes. you already know, you know what ignites you. But for a yes. lot of women out there and a lot of people out there that sometimes they really just don't know. And it just takes yes. a little bit of research to figure out what really what really sets your soul on fire. See, and that goes back to societal standards. Mm-hmm. That's, that goes back to like women, women are told this is what you're supposed to be. And then women right. try to, well, maybe, I mean, men too, you know, but, but it's like, you know, this is what you're supposed to be. Then if you're not there, there's something wrong with you. And I think also, too, because of that, we also place these, you know, these these expectations on ourselves, which I'm I'm notorious for <laughs> placing these expectations on ourselves of where we should be at a certain point in our lives. But, you know, I've been on this journey to getting to where I am now, like, you know, I, I counted now, I think well, it was like well more than 10 years, definitely. Wow. And I, you know, could not have done it without, you know, obviously falling into the chaos to get to where I am now. But, you know, listening to society from when I was younger, definitely um, not, not, not the best play. <laughs> and I think now, I think now a lot of people are finding that they don't necessarily have to listen to what society says. They're actually stepping into, okay, what is it that I necessarily want to do or what I want to do, what, what I love. Um, there's still people out there that still struggle with that, I'm sure, but you know, yeah. we're, we're, we're getting better at that as a society, I think. Yes. I go, I work a lot of my fitness program. It's I, I tell people, it's like, I'm actually a life coach that uses fitness as, as the outlet. Right. Know, cause, cause when, like most people don't come to see me because they're feeling great about, about themselves. You right. know, maybe, maybe one in 10, they're already in shape and they're just looking for, a switch up in their routine. The majority of people that are coming off a of divorce, they're coming off of lo- losing their job, they're coming off of domestic violence. You know what I mean? And usually there's something that that happened in their life. And then especially in the one-on-one sessions is where you get you get the whole story. <laughs> you know, but but like it's not just about losing weight, it's not just about putting on mu- muscle. I tell people you want to perform. Right. You want to perform. When you focus on performance, you'll stop yo-yoing. Right. Because right. if your goal is to lose 10 pounds, what happens when you lose the 10 pounds? You know, then people get comfortable, they get complacent, and then they end up gaining gaining the weight right back again. And it's the same thing in everyday everyday life. If you're not constantly working on the things that you want, you're not going to be happy. That's right. Cause effect. Right. That's absolutely, I'm actually going to use that, <laughs> that performance <laughs> thing. I'm going to use that in my own workout. <laughs> nice. Using that for, for my motivation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause yeah, I tell people don't worry about like, cause I do a lot of timed rounds. Like I don't do a lot of things for reps. So I'll say set a clock. You know, if you, you're a beginner, start with 15 seconds, do push ups, do squats, do it. Just do it for 15 seconds, then build up to 20, build up to 30. Next thing you know, you'll be up to two, two minute rounds. And your body's going to be a completely different machine, you know, rather than just focus on 10 reps, next machine, 10 reps, next machine. You know, you want to get you want to get yourself to where 
you have an expanded expectation of your ability. That's okay. That's, that's definitely something I'm going to have to start doing because I am notorious for, all right, I'm doing 20 to 25 reps and that's it. Mm. <laughs> but to your point, using that approach also helps to build your mindset too, if you think about it, right? Because it's yes. almost like you're, instead of counting, right, you're pushing yourself that extra distance to say, okay, this is, this is what I'm going to do for 30 seconds or 45 seconds and then keep going. Yes. Oh, yeah, okay. it works. It one. works. After 14 years, I cracked the code. I'm telling you, it works. <laughs> so it's like when, <laughs> when people come to me, it's like I, I, I tell them I, I probably lose a lot of a lot of people with this approach. But I mean, just just like the name of the show, Shut Up and Grind, right? It's like that's yeah. that name came from the way I run my fitness classes. It's like if, if you have mm-hmm. a goal, you're paying me to get you to the goal. Right. It's like you're, you're not paying me to stroke, stroke your ego, to sugarcoat things or to not tell you what you need to succeed. And so I tell them right up front, this is the expectation. It's like if, if you can't meet the expectation, then I'm not your guy. Right. You know, it's like if, if you need a different approach, there's other there's other tra- trainers out there. Like, go find what you need. But right. I sh- but I share that just because what I want the audience to take away is to find out what works for you because some people need my between the eyes approach some people need a softer approach some some people might need a combination of of the two but people always want to just say who's the cheapest so like don't worry about who's the cheapest what about who's the best you know and who has a proven track record of getting people the results that you're looking for in any industry right any industry that's absolutely correct bullets over here yeah, I know. <laughs> Sorry, <Dad>. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I was just agreeing with you. You're 100% correct. So, yeah. All right. Yeah. So, you said that you mentor women. When did you start doing that? So, really, so I actually didn't realize that I've been doing this ever since I started to get myself back on track. Mm. I am notorious for people reaching out to me, asking me for advice. What do they, what do I think? What do I think is the best path? And I've literally been doing this probably at least a solid 12, 13 years. Okay. I don't know. Not, I don't know. I know it's because I give the sound advice. I am a listening ear where people are very comfortable with me. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I've just literally been doing it unpaid for years (laughs) (laughs) because you know, that's, that's, that's what you do for friends and family, not even thinking twice about it. True. So that was, so I want you to go deeper into that, but I just want, want to share. I tell people like your next big idea, you're already doing it. Correct. And and that's so true. People are like, you're already doing it. Same thing with, with me. Like I got into fitness by accident. (laughs) It's like, I mean, I was a lifelong athlete, but still I had, like I was managing restaurants, but I was bringing the stress of the restaurant home, especially like I have five kids and they were mm-hmm. all, they were all little then. And so I was, you know, the stress of having five kids and then bringing the stress of the job home, I needed an outlet for me. And I had a big old garage mm-hmm. and I didn't get the handy jean like my dad has. So I turned the garage into a gym. 
And then it just went to bring a friend over. Oh, can I bring a friend? Oh, can I bring a friend? Yeah, I should start charging. And then I start charging. And next thing you know, boof, I have 40, 40 people training with me out of my garage. And then a couple of years later, I opened up a 5,000 square foot facility. <laughs> well, like, it, I was already doing it. It's like that, my ticket out of the restaurant industry, I was already doing it. It's like, who right. would have thought? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, so for me, it was, okay, I've already gone ahead. I've already been mentoring women for years, right? Giving advice, what do you think? And it could just be anything from life situations to business situations. I've done it all. And so what ended up happening is I just decided that, you know, I'm really going to I'm really going to go ahead and I'm going to turn this into a business where I get to speak life into women, tell them about how I went from chaos to clarity and get them, you know, on the same path and on the same track. Because and there's so many different things that come out of that as well. Right. Sometimes you think you're in, in chaos that you can't get to the other side. Sometimes your mindset is stuck here, but, you know, your body is over here. You know, there's there's so many things that 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 I can that I can go through to talk about with women. And so that's why I just decided I was going to start doing. I was going to start speaking life into women to go ahead and to empower them, to get them where they should be, to get them where they want to be. Uh, let's talk about what makes, what makes your tummy tingle, right? Like what mm. makes you so happy? What makes you excited? Um, and I can just go on and on <laughs> about <laughs> about all of it. Yeah. How how many times do you hit do you hear the words I feel guilty or I feel selfish? Ooh, okay. All the time. So I feel guilty <laughs> because, you know, I feel guilty is a common thing because it is, I, I am stuck in this phase of my life, right? And I can't necessarily move forward because I'm stuck here. I feel, you know, selfish because it's, well, I don't want to I don't want to take away from anyone else or, you know, I don't want to take away from, from, a, from this pot to give to this pot. Um, especially if you're a mom, like mom, we, we feel guilt so much <laughs> and we feel, we feel, we, we feel selfish so many times. So yep, that's 90% so. of my clientele is you know, <laughs> like I, I've trained thousands of women and I, like, that's what, that's one of the first things that I, I instill, I instill in people like you have to be selfish. You have to be. I was like, if, yeah. if you're not taking care of yourself 100%, you are not taking care of other people 100%. You, you can't do it. Right. So I always like to tell them just to give themselves grace. Mm. Let's go ahead. Let's allow for your time, for your downtime, because if you're not 100%, the kids aren't 100% and everything else falls off track. The house falls apart. Maybe you start falling apart at work. You know, mm -hmm. so many different avenues, you know, your relationships, different avenues that you can go down. So yes. I just like to say we get to extend ourselves some grace. You feel guilty in this moment, but let's think about the long-term benefits of it. Yeah, like my kids see see me doing the things that, that I want to do. It's like I make time for it. And in turn, I'm showing them make time to do the things you want to do. You know, like right. there was there was some things I've had to miss to do things that I wanted to do. Like here in um New England, our highest mountain is Mount Washington. And so this one year I had it scheduled on my birthday. It just, my birthday happened to fall on, on a Saturday. And so I had scheduled time to, to go hike this mountain. And then my parents moved our family reunion from the week before into that weekend. And my family's texting me saying, you know, I heard you're not coming to the reunion. I'm like, I'm not. I'm like, I'm going to hike Mount Washington. And like, but you can't miss the reunion. Like, who said? <laughs> who said? I'm <laughs> wrong. 
I was like, I'm grown. <laughs> it's like I had this plan. It's it's not my bad that they moved the date of the reunion. You know, I said, I'll come on Sunday. I said, I'll be there Sunday afternoon. I said, but I'm not going to be there on Saturday. And I feel zero, zero guilt about it. Like, and, and honestly, where this came from, this is a whole separate story. But like, I donated a kidney to my sister in 2011. And during that process, I felt my mortality. Mm. Right. And, and I was in the, the tail, the tail end of a, of a relationship that was over years prior. Right. Mm -hmm. And and I, I know I, ju I just felt it in that moment. I was like, I am no longer going to do anything I don't want to do. And and I made that promise to myself. I was like, I'm not going to go to an event if, if I feel like that's not going to serve me any well. You know, it's like I, like I'm not going to show up and not be who I am. And I took that stance and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> you know, it's like you got to have boundaries. That is correct. That is absolutely correct. I agree with you a thousand percent on the boundaries. I don't know if I, I don't know. I see I've never had that type of a situation where I would, where I would end up missing family reunion versus that. I don't know. I don't know how I would have handled that, but I can see exactly why you did. And so kudos to you for actually even saying, hey, listen, <laughs> I'm grown. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, I don't have to do anything. And I, I hear people say that all the time too. Like I have to do this. I, I have to like, like if that if that's your reaction, why do you have to? Because you clearly don't want to. Correct. See, and 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 ever since I took that stance, my family doesn't strong arm me anymore because they oh. know what I say. You're, I'm not backing down. And again, that has nothing to do with me me being being a tough guy. It's like my time is precious to me, and I lost a lot of time from catering to what other people wanted me to do. You know, I, I missed out on opportunities from doing things other people wanted me to do. Right. You know, and I'm like, well, I don't even want to be doing this. <laughs> right. So, so it's like, why, why am I doing this? And so, you know, that if that's one thing that I try to instill in my fitness clients, I'm like, constantly do something for yourself. Correct. Like, do so. It, it's not. It's not selfish. Take that. It's necessary. It's needed. For, for me, it could be something as simple as going on a hike. You know, like I make sure I make sure I get out and I walk every single day, every single day. And like, that's my that's my Zen time. I'm just alone with my thoughts or I'm cranking music. One, one of the two, especially if I, if I get stressed at all, because people think that as motivational people, we never get get stressed. Right. Yeah. So if stress <laughs> ever hits, I just put on the headphones. I go for a walk like and that's my outlet, mm -hmm. you know. So mm -hmm. what do you, what do you like, what's, what's your, what's your outlet? What's your happy place? My happy place is working out. Um, definitely getting that working out. And I love putting on a good song mm. and just kind of releasing, you know, relaxing and releasing my stress. I also picked up meditating. Okay. I thought meditating was like, woo, woo, juju. Yeah, no, it's really good. <laughs> mm. So I also picked up meditating <laughs> where I, oh, no, I'm I, losing you. Oh, I lost you. can you hear me? Is that you or is that me? I don't it, know. It's, it's you. There it you is? are. Oh, there you are. I'm like, I'm sitting in the same spot. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, 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 you know, it blacked out for a second. <laughs> oh, that's so weird. Okay. All right. Well, um, so I started meditating as well. And actually, now I've heard because I was under so much stress at work, I just start my day with meditation. No mm -hmm. ifs, ands, or buts about it at yep. least 10 minutes. 
And I just feel so zen when I don't have, you know, I don't, I don't have the pressures and the way to work on me throughout the day. So I feel pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the competitor in me, right? So a couple of year, years ago, my daughter and I, my oldest daughter and I, we, we did a, a what do you call it? A St. Patrick's Day 5K. And at the end of it, because it was only three, three miles, right? So at the end of it, I was like, you know, let's go up to Arcadia and hike. And I, I ended up taking it around 12 miles, right? And and so now, anytime I ask her if she wants to go for a walk, so I was like, how long? I'm yeah. Like, how far? She's like, because I know you. Because, like, once my body gets warmed up, I can go for hours. Like, I can li- literally hike for eight eight to ten solid, solid hours. And uh, so they, they, they always question uh, – how far of a bike ride are we going on? I don't <laughs> like, disagree. Like just around the block, just around the block. I promise. And Twelve <laughs> miles later. <laughs> yeah, no, I I don't disagree. I would have to ask the same questions as well. Uh, <laughs> we have to we have to really talk to your daughter about this because I'm surprised they didn't they didn't ask these questions before. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> she was so salty on that hike. Like I, I think the last five miles, she wouldn't even look at me. <laughs> Yeah, she was so salty. And then she probably doesn't even know her way back to leave you. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> I'd be oh, salty great. too. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. All right. Oh, God. All right. So how can people get in touch with you? So my socials, I'm active on Facebook and Instagram. Um, it is I am Kimberly F. Young on social, on Instagram. And then on Facebook, it is uh, Kimberly F. Young. So you'll find me there as well. But I'm pretty active. I love talking to people, stepping into their comments. I'm replying to comments. So by all means, definitely, definitely get in touch with me there. Sounds good. And so that's our time for today. But, uh, you know, I think this conversation's gonna going to continue. Um, if you want, I, I'm doing a panel next month. I'm trying to think. I think it's the 21st of July. If you have that date available, you don't have to check check now. But it's uh I usually do them on Saturdays at 11 a.m. Eastern. And it, it'll be myself and I usually invite 6 to 7 people cuz there's always a couple that don't show. Yeah. <laughs> so so the usually it's like me and me and five five or six other people. I pick a central theme. It's like I pick the people first. So I can re- remember everyone's story, and then I pick yeah. a central theme that everyone can speak on, and then we just take take turns going round round table. So a lot of fun, and a lot of collaborations happen from these these panels as well. Absolutely, yes. I right. think I have to be on one the last time. So yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. All right, game one. All right, seven twenty one. All right, give us some final words. So um, parting words, I really have to get better at this parting words thing where I just start telling people, you know, how amazing they are within themselves and uh, to go after whatever makes their tummy tingle. Love it. Well said. Well said. I have nothing, nothing more to add to that. That's that's good. See, so you you, you don't have to work on anything. You nailed it. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much for taking the time sharing your words of wisdom. And yeah, I'll get your scheduled in for that panel on the 21st and Feel free to re- reach out if you have any questions or if you just want to chat. Of course. Thank right, you for having care. me. My pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. All right. So that was Kim. If you tuned in late, make sure you go back and watch the entire ep- episode. Because, again, life knocks everybody down at some point. It's your choice if you stay down. Right? See you guys on Thursday. Take care.
You've been listening to Shut Up and Grind. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. Robert has over 20 years experience pouring his knowledge and expertise at many events in the service and fitness industry, as well as secondary schools and universities. He has a true passion for helping others break through the barriers that are holding them back. To book Robert B. Foster to speak or to reach out, go to robertbfoster.com. Until next time, shut up and grind. <laughs>